Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh present Inside the Nest. A weekly look inside Kennesaw State football. Cooper takes the snap and drops the throw. Here comes the pressure. Airs it far side. It is batted away and picked off in the end zone. The Owls have won it in overtime. Bust out the plank. It was Bryson Armstrong and the Owls in the wildest game in their history. Hold off the Jacksonville State Gamecocks 60-52. And now let's go inside the nest. Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary. And we're back at Fifth Third Bank Stadium, and it's sunny here. Mm-hmm. Two stark contrasts to what we did last Saturday as the Owls went to Presbyterian, put together one of their most dynamic four-quarter performances of the year as they blew out Presbyterian 55-10. to Final meeting ever as conference foes between the two programs. But, Nathan, I thought there were a lot of encouraging things. There were also some disappointing things injury-wise that happened. But all in all, the negative stuff aside, a really good performance for the Owls. Yeah, you saw the offense go down on the first drive and score. You saw immediately the defense uh, pick up a, a fumble and score. Then you saw the, the special teams. You had block kicks. You had a, a long return uh, for Isaac Foster on the on the play he got injured on. So, yeah, you did see some really good things. You know what? I saw some really, really good things out of Tommy Bryant yeah. as well. Yeah, and, of course, Daniel David. It's worth noting Daniel David's been practicing. Daniel's fine. That's a big relief in some respects because you've got the other two guys that would be three and four that are really in that, okay, we want to redshirt these guys category. So your top two become a little bit more important. Not that they're not important anyway with where the Owls are and the goals and where they aspire to go. I think it was kind of, and this is not a slight to Kenji Bahar, but I think it was a slight to Tommy Bryant that he wasn't named the offensive player of the week in the Big South. You put his numbers up against, and again, all due respect to Kenji Bahar, Tommy Bryant, in this view, had a better game and And came off the bench to do it. I think that as Kennesaw State has kind of dominated this Big South Conference, it seems to me you're starting to see fewer and fewer of those weekly awards going to a Kennesaw State player. It seems like there's been players deserving earlier in the year that weren't even on the radar for Player of the Week. So there seems like they're spreading the wealth around. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Awards think, don't matter unless they say right. national champion on them. Yeah, that's right. So, um, But, yeah, I, I think Bahar's an outstanding player. Looking forward to seeing him yep. play. Yeah, I think Tommy Bryant had an excellent game. You know, Bronson Rexdiner had another breakout. I thought Shaq Terry had a good game. T.J. Reed got in the mix uh, a little bit. But I thought Tommy Bryant, if you look at the offensive set, had a really, really outstanding game. Coming off the bench – and, and, and playing a lot of minutes that he's just not used to playing. Well, the other one that stood out to us was Jalen Jackson, who started for the first time in his career. Uh, here's a freshman from Powder Springs, I mean, right over actually by me. Mm-hmm. And not only did he get in there, it wasn't even a called block and get his hand on a punt because he was hustling, but he also caught a touchdown pass and blocked well down the field. It was kind of a breakout game of sorts for him as a regular. And as Coach Bohannon says all the time, you know, the way you practice is the way you play. That receiver group, how well you practice is going to dictate directly how much you play. Yeah, and we're seeing some of those receivers come into their own, like Caleb O'Neill and Jalen Jackson. And and uh, it's nice to see because you, you feel like you've got to – one thing that it, as the season goes on, that red zone, 
within 15 yards that Kennesaw State's just not having the success they did a year ago with Justin Sumter. Now, that's a credit to Justin Sumter's athleticism and how good of a player he was. They need somebody to step up. They need a weapon down there. And I was really encouraged about how those receivers got open against Presbyterian. Here are Coach Pohannon's thoughts as he looks back at the Presbyterian game. I thought we had a better week of practice. I thought we played with the, as much energy as we probably played all year for four quarters. When you go look at late in the game and we'd go on defense, you'd see about seven guys sprint on the field. I thought our guys did a really good job of preparing themselves and bringing the energy, and I told them I hope we can learn from that and build on that because that's something that's really critical to us being successful. You go in a game like that with the conditions the way they are and you have zero turnovers, you get four on the other side, that stat alone tells you there was some attention to detail. I mean, that's something we got to build on. we got to learn from that, and that's a positive. There's a lot of other stats you can throw out there, but that's just one that shows up, I think, when you're locked into doing your job at a high level. And he's kind of echoing a little bit of what we were just talking about. I think another thing, Nathan, that was impressive is you create four turnovers on the road and you don't turn it over yourself at all. The other thing is after 11 or 12 penalties the week before, only four in this game. And one of them was that picture fiasco yeah. that the players paid the price for on Monday. I, I understand they did. and But, you know, they didn't turn the ball over in those conditions, I think, is a, is a huge yeah. plus. Plank was out early and often, and which is a great thing. They were a little bit behind on the turnover margin from a year ago. So, yeah, I said this a couple of times last week. I don't think they needed a get-right game. They just needed a full effort, and I yeah. thought you saw a full effort against Presbyterian in, in a lopsided game where you could have seen maybe it, it tail off a little bit. The gas was on for, for, for 60 minutes against Presbyterian. And now, of course, you hope that maybe you start to get a couple of bodies back here and there. Unfortunately, Isaac Foster, it is a break in his leg. I think it was the tibia, though, the rear bone. It's not really – it only is like a 10% weight-bearing bone. So he's going to be fine. He's going to be back to being himself. But you're looking at six to eight weeks, and probably the only scenario that you might see Isaac is if you would make it all the way to the semifinals or perhaps even the national title game in Frisco, which are obviously both a long, long ways and a whole lot to do before we would get to any discussions about any of that. But the Owls will take on North Alabama for the first time. Tradition-rich program that is in year two of a transition from D2 to this, the FCS level, and I've done a lot of film study on them this week just to try to get up to speed to what they do. The other thing I've done is I've read up on them a bunch, and we'll, of course, talk more about North Alabama and this matchup in the last portion of this podcast, but they do have a very solid history over there. They do, and, and they have a solid history with teams from Georgia. Them in Valdosta State played for the national championship at the Division II level yeah. several years in a row. Chris Hatcher, of course, who was the co- who's the coach at Sanford, was the quarterback for Valdosta State in the mid-'90s when that rivalry kind of came to, and it was a great rivalry. Now you've got the, the move to Division One. Chris Willis, who's the head coach down yeah. there, looks like he's a really solid coach. I mean, this is a team coming from D2 to D1, and they're losing games by a touchdown here and there. They're playing ranked opponents. So, yeah, rich history, really good recruiting base there out of Florence, Alabama. So it's, it's going to be fun to see this rivalry and in-conference develop. And we will have that game for you, of course, on – well, Brandon Joseph, Lauren Hoffman, and I will have that game for you on radio here 
It'll be on 1230 AM, 106.3 FM. You can get it on TuneIn as well as WFOM.radio.net. Pre-game coverage begins at 2.30. Kickoff between the Owls and Lions happens right here at 5th 3rd at 3 p.m. Right now, we'll take a timeout. Coming up next, Brandon Joseph will have our player spotlight. We remind you that Inside the Nest is brought to you by HelloFresh. Quick timeout. You're listening to Kennesaw State University football. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game, fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. Here's Bryant dropping to throw, sets his feet, airs it toward the end zone, caught, touchdown. Touchdown, Jalen Jackson. And Jackson, who blocked a punt earlier, having a big day for Kennesaw State here, and just like that, it's 48-10. to 10. Inside the Nest presented by HelloFresh, and it's time for our weekly Owls Spotlight segment. This week, our Brandon Joseph gets together with redshirt freshman wide receiver Jalen Jackson. Brandon Joseph here with Jalen Jackson. We'll talk about you getting to this point with the Owls, but first, we have to go back to Presbyterian. A block punt and your first career touchdown catch for the Owls. So I want to go with the block punt because calling the game, it looked like you just you got through and the ball kind of hit you on the side of the head. Talk about that process of getting to the punter, and you also have to be aware of you can't hit them. you got to worry about so many other things. But the most important thing was you got home and you got to the punter and you got the block punt and a big play for the Owls. Yeah, well, um, Coach Safford, who coaches that uh, unit, he always he always talks to us about you need to come off the ball like you're gonna be unblocked and like you need, like you're gonna like you're going to expect to block the punt. Basically, that's what he makes us think. So coming off, I didn't get blocked, so it was probably a mess up on their part. So I just came free, and it almost didn't feel right because I I'll never come free. And then I just saw the ball, and we worked shooting our hands, blocking punts, and, and avoiding the punt. We worked that every time we're up. So, I mean, I just got to give it out to the coaches who prepare you for everything. You got to love it when a plan comes together that you work on in practice. You check out in film and whiteboard, and it comes to fruition. But on the touchdown catch, what a great moment. You've excelled in this role, and now you get the honor of being listed on the two deep as a starting receiver this week. So just talk about your process of coming into this program and really growing into now we can call you a starter. Well, coming into the program, I registered last year, but I expected that, so I just got my studies right and then grinded on the field wherever they needed me on scout team and stuff like that. 
And then uh, I just got to give it up to the receiver, the, the receiver room mainly, but basically all my teammates because the season didn't start out for me personally how I wanted to. But whenever they saw me like getting down, they would always build me back up and just made sure I kept my head straight so I wouldn't miss my opportunity. And then my opportunity came last week, and it was just that I took advantage of it. Crossing the goal line for your first touchdown, did you have a moment of this is why I came to Kennesaw State and your first collegiate touchdown, or was it just business as normal? Uh, it felt like unreal because like I haven't scored a touchdown since high school, so it just felt like really cool because uh, you always dream playing D1 college football, and then when you excel at it, it's just cool to see like your dreams come true and like you're like you're living out your goals. You're one of the kids, especially being a local product, Power Springs Hillgrove High School, you've played against really top-notch high school players that have gone on to play D1, and a lot of what Coach says is that kind of stuff prepares you for coming in and playing college ball. You don't want to discount the experiences you have in high school helping you get here to this point. Do you feel like that was one of the things that, you know, playing in a really tough region at Hillgrove High School, winning a region championship there, is that one of the things that when you stepped on a collegiate field you realized, hey, the game isn't that much different yeah I mean the game of course the game's faster everybody's bigger stronger and you just adapt to that but playing in the highest class classification in Georgia it, it really helps because most of the people are big just like in college everybody's going to be big and fast and strong so it just helped me and then the coaches at that level are really good so they just got me prepared like physically and like mentally of how a college operation would really run one of the things that we've seen from the receivers and one of the things that they really got to learn and getting to talk to Justin Sumter for the past couple of years and all those guys is blocking as a receiver. You have to enjoy. You have to enjoy engaging. How are you coming along and do you enjoy blocking as a receiver? Yeah, well, at first I didn't enjoy blocking, but Coach Buchanan, he talked to me in the spring and he told me he was like, you have to learn to love every aspect of football so you can excel on the field. And then with me coming in as the in OG's final year, they helped show you the ropes and like what what the standard was, the gold standard, how Coach Ball always talks about, because they're the ones who set the gold standard and they've been here since the beginning, so it really helped with them. And like yeah, so all the OGs and stuff. Talk about your quarterbacks real quick. You have Tommy Bryant who comes in, plays the bulk of the game versus Presbyterian, and then Daniel David. How are you finding yourself on the same page with those guys? I find myself good on the same page with both of them because we get a lot of reps from each of them at practice. Coaches do a good job of rotating them in, in uh, with the ones in both team periods. So Tommy and Didi, when they when they come in the game, it's, it's, it's never switched. So it's like you just keep the same beat going when they come in the game. Shout out to them. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you. Our thanks to Jalen Jackson and Brandon Joseph, and stay with us. In our next segment, we take a look ahead at this week's game against North Alabama. Inside the Nest is presented by HelloFresh, and we're back right after this timeout. You're listening to Kennesaw State University Football. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. 
Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owltown, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owltown provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owltown will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State Football, the gold standard. First and 10, Owls following the punt block at the PC 25. Dropping to throw as Bryant airs it down the middle. It is going to be caught. Touchdown. 25 yards away, Shaq Terry. And it's 20-7, Kennesaw State. And we're back inside the nest as the Owls in North Alabama get ready to go toe-to-toe for the first time. And, of course, North Alabama, while this year, Nathan, they are not contending in conference their conference games do not count in the standings so even a loss for the owls while it would hurt them badly on the national and rankings and seedings and whatever process wouldn't really affect them in the big south but this is a team and we talked a little bit about this in the first segment of the show that there's really a winning history there's a winning tradition and there's a winning culture there and the head coach has been there a long time Chris Willis and they do what they do they do it quite well and I think you don't sleep on a team like this they played a lot of close games means they're right there a play here a play there you don't dot all the I's and cross all the T's this is a team that could jump up and bite you yeah and the freshmen that were coming in those first three or four games not considered freshmen anymore. You have expectation for them of what they're going to do and, and contribute. And so, yeah, this is a team that's played some very good opponents. Western Illinois, they went to Montana. Now it was a blowout 61-17, to but uh, they scheduled very, very tough. They played at Jacksonville State. That was a 30-12 to game, not as lopsided as the other one. And, of course, they – come to Kennesaw State, a third-ranked opponent on their schedule. Last week against Charleston Southern, that was a 25-20 to game where North Alabama jumped out to an 11-0 lead off of a pick six. So, you know, they are doing some good things. They've got some really, really good players to watch. I think their defense is a little bit ahead of their offense at that Division One level. They've got a, a guy named Wallace Cowens, who's a very, very fast linebacker. And then Jalen Dredd, which is a great name, has got – couple interceptions on the year very solid looking defense they're going to have trouble with Kennesaw State speed but against Charleston Southern if you watch that game you can see them containing the edge and forcing Charleston Southern on the inside they'll probably do the same thing to Kennesaw State offensively it's almost like a West Coast style offense they like the dink and dunk pass and they'll go down the field and, and they do have some downfield threats so Talked a little bit to Coach Bohannon about him. We'll give you his thoughts on him in a couple of moments. They remind me a little bit watching him on film, and I'm not saying Christian Lopez, their quarterback, is another Devlin Hodges, but they remind me philosophically a little bit of what Samford was a couple of years ago when Hodges was there. They aren't an especially dynamic running team. They've struggled to run the ball. In this case, though, they do have four really good receivers. Christian Lopez can move around the pocket and has found those receivers quite a bit. And he likes to go vertical a little bit, too. He does like to throw it down the field. I wouldn't be surprised, frankly, with what they have and the fact that they have struggled to run the ball 
if they come in here and wing it all over the lot, including trying to go down the field early in the game, what do they got to lose? Yeah. You know, they haven't had a losing season, by the way, as a program since 2002, which speaks to how good they've been and how consistent they've been. And they have been good. And you mentioned some down-the-field passes. Cortez Hall, their number one receiver, Dexter Boykin and Jacoby Bird, all have touchdown passes over 65 yeah. yards. So you're talking about uh, threat down the field. Our secondary has been extremely good at man-to-man coverage and single coverage with help over the top. It'll be interesting to see how they do. They do like attacking the middle of the field with that running back kind of wheeling out, and they also will do drag routes with their wide yeah, receivers. They like to run screens as screens well. Screens as well, which is kind of what Charleston Southern tried to do, and we were all over it. So it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to have a tough time again with Kennesaw State speed. But in these games, and we saw it with Presbyterian, a trick play here and there. This is a team that did a fake field goal went for two early on in that game against Charleston Southern, they're going to pull out the bag of tricks that they have to and feel like they can come out and maybe gain some type of advantage with an early lead. The one thing, too, about the position the Owls are in, ranked fourth and, of course, a heavy favorite to win the conference again, which they look on track to do, although a long way to go. You're the hunted every week. Coach says it all the time. You're going to get everybody's best shot. So they're going to be sky high coming over here, not terribly far, so they'll probably have some fans come over here. It ought to be a great atmosphere here, and I expect it to be a pretty good football game. Well, who does Kennesaw State have after North Alabama? Monmouth. Monmouth. This can be set up as one of those look-ahead games. They're a Division II opponent. With the culture that you have with Brian Bohannon and the coaching staff here, you wouldn't expect it, but – there's been teams that look past other teams. I think Wisconsin happened to them this weekend, getting beat by Illinois. This team has to be focused. They're at home. I hope the student section's as loud as it has been and as full as it has been because I think this is a huge game for Kennesaw State yeah. going into the Monmouth game. The stretch the run, Absolutely. really. Absolutely. You've got the, the game here against North Alabama, then Monmouth. You head to Hampton and then come back here for Gardner-Webb to end the conference schedule, regular season schedule. can't sleep on Campbell either, Cannot, who's playing really yep, well. That's right, and you go to Bowie's Creek as well, two road games. So, yeah, you do have a, a lot of games coming up, and Campbell's playing well. Campbell's yeah. only lost one game. This game is huge. You want to come out and dominate that game, come out healthy and prepare for Monmouth, but cannot look past the Lions. Here are Coach Bohannon's thoughts on North Alabama's team. The reason I know a little more about them is because when I was in the Gulf South Conference at West Georgia, we played them. And it was like, you're going to play the Green Bay Packers. You know, they had probably four NFL players on defense. They were really good. They were tough. They were hard-nosed. And they've just, they've won. You know, you go look at their record, they've won. And, you know, a team that's won that many championships, that's played for that many national championships, I don't care what level, it takes something special to go win a championship. So I think the expectation there and the culture there is to win. They've lost more than they're accustomed to to date right now in this year. And I know that's going to put more emphasis on this game for us. But since I can remember back when I started at West Georgia, UNA's been kind of in Division II. They've always been in the mix for a chance to win the national championship. And I think that's a culture thing. When you believe and expect you're supposed to win, you you even win some maybe you you shouldn't because that's the expectation. They're in a transition period right now. They got some skilled kids that can make plays, you know, and the same on the back end. They got some kids that can run. They do a nice job. Their special teams, their kickoff return units, really, really good. They do some really good things on special teams. You know, I think they're pulling everything together to get on all cylinders of what they're trying to get accomplished. So um, they were in a close game last weekend, had a chance to win it, didn't. 
but it was down to the wire. If you take care of the ball, just like we talk about control the controllables, it's probably a different outcome, and they're probably having the same talk over there right now. Well, and it kind of echoes a little bit of what we were talking about with North Alabama a little bit ago. But, again, we remind you, radio coverage begins at 2.30, and the kick between the Owls and Lions will happen at 3 p.m., probably 3.05 or so here at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. And you can get it on radio on 12.30 a.m., 106.3 FM, the TuneIn app, or at wfom.radio.net as the Owls and North Alabama square off for the first time. North Alabama, of course, joining the conference, Nathan. I mean, after this year, then they become a fully vested conference member. And, of course, the Owls with some of the senior players. This is going to be one of those that could turn into more of a regional and or geographical rivalry, I think, within the conference than anybody else, maybe more so than anybody else, in the Big South for Kennesaw State. Yeah, I certainly think that the potential is there for North Alabama to get good and get good really quickly. Again, they do have a really good recruiting pool there in Alabama. They'll probably try and pick up some Georgia folks and some Tennessee folks as well. Because the history there, I think people and, – and you know what? They have a really nice facility as well. Yeah. They're, they're averaging about 10,000 fans – per game, up to 12,000 won the games earlier in the year. So they have a great history there. And I, I, don't, I don't think this team's going to be in the seller of the Big South as a new member very long. So I think it's, the potential is there to be a really great rivalry. We talked a little bit earlier about the fact they struggle to run the ball. Ironic, one of the guys that's one of their featured running backs, none other than Jackson Carson, who was a recruit that signed here mm-hmm. in the 2017 class, transferred away. Not everything always works out with every signee, after all. But transferred away, played a year at Iowa Community College or whatever it is, and then ended up at North Alabama. You would figure that Carson would like to have a big game against the Owls, and he's played pretty well for them at times this year. Yeah, he's averaging about 21 yards per game. Again, uh, limited carries. Yeah, limited carries, and he is the second back behind that Terrence Humphrey, but he's only averaging 61 yards per game. So they're having a little bit of trouble on the ground. I'm trying to look, see, Carson has caught two passes this year, but not particularly a threat out of the backfield. But you know what? He's going to come in here with a chip on his shoulder wanting to show Kennesaw State whatever the reason was he decided to transfer out, you know, what they missed out on. Probably the best news, and, you know, we hope for the best news, the Owls have actually had a flu bug going around their roster this week, so a bunch of players missed practice on Tuesday. I think Coach said 12, and 10 to 12 more likely to miss it today, Wednesday, as we sit here and record this podcast. So, obviously, you hope everybody's well, but Coach did seem to think that we'd see Peyton Moore back out there, which will help. And, of course, Andrew Butcher's still a little bit iffy, but when they're not saying doubtful or out – then that gives you some hope that maybe he's not too far along. Maybe he's back for that all-important Monmouth game that comes your way the week after. Right now, though, we'll worry about North Alabama as the Owls take them on, and you can't sleep on anybody in this stretch run because you're going to get everybody's best shot. That's great news about Andrew Butcher. I was kind of expecting him to be out for the season the way he had come back and then immediately got re-injured. But you know what? This is the time of year where depth matters. And Kennesaw State has struggled at depth in certain areas. But that defensive end position, you've had people step up time and time again, has been very encouraging. I think that's going to be a big key in this game because the one thing the Owls do a great job in particular of, and even without 
Butcher and more is get pressure on mm. opposing quarterbacks. So, for one, we already talked about the fact Christian Lopez can wing the ball around, loves to throw it down the field. You're going to have to hold your coverage a little bit, but you're also going to get some help from your defensive front getting after him. And I think pressure on him is going to be a huge key in this game. Yeah, he's thrown seven interceptions on the season. Just watching against 11 Char- touchdowns, seven picks. Right. Watching against Charleston Southern. He's got nervous feet when when he gets pressure on him. He will throw it down the field and just throw it as far as he can. And if you get pressure on him, you get a hand on him and you, you alter the throw, likely those passes get picked off. So, And Charleston Southern did have a couple picks in that game. So Kennesaw State, you know, they're going to put pressure after him. They're going to want to pull plank out as early and often as possible. And we're not talking about just that big four by eight <laughs> one that they put down there. The painted uh, guys love them, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're probably my favorites that sit down there in that student section, all the guys that are painted up in the yellow, and they have that huge plank down there. Good for you guys. Yeah. Bring all your buddies, and let's get that student section loud proud and filled up for Saturday and let's keep it that way for the remaining three home games the Owls are going to yeah. need you well I think that and that's the KSU eat zones what they call it down there so those guys do a great job not only during game but during the week on social media as they promote and they recruit people to come out and be a part of what they're doing they're creating tradition for Kennesaw State. We saw we were at Presbyterian, and that's a 107-year football program. They have certain traditions, and it takes time. Kennesaw State, a new football program. They had some success at the Division II level, not a whole lot of pageantry, collegiate pageantry and tradition. So this is an opportunity to be a part of what they're doing and start tradition, and I think they're doing a great job. Well, Nathan, as always, it's a great time to get together and do these Inside the Nest podcasts. These stories every year, and each season is a story in and of itself. Heck, you could make the case each game is a story in and of itself. The whole thing is one big story with each game being a chapter. I think this is an important one, and obviously we look forward to it a great deal. You'll be over on television. hope you guys have a great call over there. But going to be fun as the Owls and Lions get together here at 5th 3rd on Saturday. One more reminder, pregame show, 2.30, kickoff about 3.05, and your stations, AM 12.30, FM 106.3, the tune-in app on your phone, and, of course, wfom.radio.net if you're old school and want to listen on a home computer, laptop, etc. But thanks to our guests, thanks to Brandon Joseph for the spotlight segment, thanks to all of you for dialing up Inside the Nest, and we will talk to you Saturday, everybody. Go Owls! Thank you for listening to Inside the Nest and tune in all season long for insights and analysis on your 2019 Owls. Inside the Nest is a production of Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.